Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 278. And just me and yourself tonight, Mike. Yep, just the pair of us going to watch Stargate Atlantis episode this year. This was one that I confused with Taylor singing last time she visited the Athosian camp. Kind of got it mixed up with totally different camp. Both rustic looking, I have to admit. Entirely possibly the same set. Oh no, no, no. This is a brand new set. Oh. So it said in the commentary, (laughs) which I watched last night. Because all of a sudden I realised last week that, hey, well, I posted missing last Saturday and realised, okay, what's next? This year. Oh, when we're recording that, Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> when's it going out? Saturday. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad no one expected delays. Thus far. Well, I assume neither of us upgraded Skype. I never upgraded Skype because it stopped working with Pamela if I did. So while I looked at season three, episode eight. Season four, episode eight. Sorry. You know, one of these days I'm actually going to get that right. Probably around season five, episode 20. <laughs> it kind of does help when you actually... And I actually tweeted, I haven't tweeted that a couple of times. But I had intended coming home and playing Resistance too, but I ended up watching Team Wolf instead. I have watched the uh, Comic-Con panel last night. Oh, by all accounts, Season 5 is the last one of Falling Skies. Yes, it is. And I watched the first three episodes of iZombie. Did you? What did you think? I can see where you're getting the Veronica Mars vibe. Definitely, I was tempted to rummage through the IMDb writing staff and see if it shared any with Veronica Mars, because there's a certain sort of snarky... Although, I'll be honest with you, not so much Veronica Mars, maybe it's just the subject matter and stuff, but it reminded me more of Dead Like Me. Yeah, I can see that. The connection you're looking for is Rob Thomas, who was the uh, was he the creator of Veronica Mars, and he also, did, he also created Our Zombie. And uh, Wonderful. Did he? Same team. I'm going to have to watch that show again. I enjoyed that. I never finished it. It's probably on the Netflix somewhere. Are you thinking of Brian Fuller, who did Dead Like Me? Possibly. Yeah. It's Weed-esque without the unnecessarily cruel killing of people that you like. Yeah, that's another one. Pushing Daisies, I'm going to have to watch that again. That's the problem, there are so many shows I want to re-watch. got to find time to squeeze in the new stuff. And then Under the Dome get three seasons. It's <laughs> batshit crazy. <laughs> the annoying thing about it is you're screaming at the characters on the screen, especially the two teenagers, saying... Did you never, never watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers on TV late at night? Because if you had, you would know exactly what's going on in this time. <laughs> so, is it bright and sunny there? Nope, dark and miserable. I see. We're bloody hot today. So, my Terminator biology arrived yesterday. Yeah. Was it you who said that Amazon are way overestimating their delivery times? No, that was Shane. Amazon had said to me, you bear in mind, I went to CT5 on what were it, Tuesday of last week. And I came home and ordered the box set. Although it's disappointingly light on special features, so I think I'll hang on to my uh, two-disc Blu-ray edition of T4. But Amazon had said it weren't going to arrive until the 3rd of August, and since it was my present to myself, I'm glad to see it appearing today. Nice when it works out well. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for Scott. A self-contained podcast, one hour long, located on the internet. A place of fun and discussion for Babylon 5 fans everywhere. A shining beacon in cyberspace, all alone in the night. It was the dawn of the 20th anniversary of Babylon 5, the year the great war to free Bab 5 came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2014. The name of the place is the Babylon Project Podcast. Hi, this is Raul from the Babylon Project Podcast. Jim and I would like to invite you to join us as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of one of the most important sci-fi series of all time, Babylon 5. We'll be making our way through all five seasons with commentary and thoughts and a little bit of fun. Find us at babylonprojectpodcast.wordpress.com. Or you can find us on iTunes. Look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no boom today, boom tomorrow. There's always a boom tomorrow. The Babylon Project Podcast, an excellent show. 
Well worth a listen to if you're a fan of uh, Babylon 5. I hate to admit it, but it's been a long time since I've rewatched the show. I do have the uh, DVD box set. It's about time I got back to it, I think. Do you want to say usual, pal, etc.? Oh, why don't you? Why don't you tell them? You've heard me say it enough. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll be watching a DVD version of Pal this episode, which runs for forty-one minutes and forty-seven seconds. For those of you looking along as you listen to us, you see. You see. Yeah, and if you're not sure what Pal is, just Region Two DVD. Okay, you see, you're better at that bit than me. Right, we're going oh, with the. Well, don't need to see that. What? <laughs> Sorry, son. Someone in the Twitter feed just posted a picture of a, a very interesting view of a, a young lady wearing multicoloured leggings. Well, not thigh highs, really. Oh, um, I finished Sensei. Have you? Yes. Right. On Sunday, rather. <laughs> Worth it? When it fades to white, I thought that they were going to run end credits there. Yeah. I very studiously avoided the temptation to look at how much was left to see if it was going to end at that point or not. So unless I didn't realise, Jamie Taylor is trans. Sorry, I don't know really know many of the actors' names. The one that plays Naomi. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, right. I admire the fact that they got a trans actress to play a trans person. Yeah, shall we go with the uh, traditional countdown? Yep, we can do. I'm all set. Three, go, and clicky. Previously on Stargate Atlantis. Oh, dear. Ah, Todd. Yeah, common ground, this was, where the boys made friends. Mm -hmm. A friendship that would last... Forever. Hmm. We're gonna need each other. Next time we meet, I'll bet her off. Come on, guys, who are you kidding? You love each other, really. Brothers from different mothers. To upload the attack command directly from this tablet into the core. Long range scanners have detected a massive fleet of ships being launched from the replicator planet. This is from Lifeline. So, actually, they've restrained themselves only a few episodes. <laughs> Occasionally, <it's, laughs> they show clips from four or five episodes. Where is everyone? Uh oh. I do not know what happened to my people. Perhaps they did a runner because they got fed up of you. There's something we need to talk about. Oh, yes. Yes. That's where it left it, isn't it? Oh, yep, dark footage. I've known about them my entire life, but I've never met them. The Vidians? They're going to steal your organs. <laughs> Close. And you want to visit them because? It is said that their leader, a man named Davos, is a great seer. What do you mean, like a psychic? Did she actually bring in nice comfy chairs as well? entirely possible she's been doing this for a while yeah first thing she did I want a bigger office you do not believe such things possible well gee let me think um no second thing you shall suffer that comfy chair in the background you can see all the pictures that Colonel Carter brought with her Daniel Till Cassandra on the shelf behind her picture frames but I need to know for myself you think this Davos might be able to help you find out what happened to your people yeah, sounds like it'll end well. <laughs> Desperate, but it has been several weeks and our usual means of investigation have turned up nothing. Unfortunately, that says a lot. Although going from planet to planet and asking people, have you seen this person, is not the way to search for somebody. I keep telling them. Intel hasn't turned up anything either. As far as we know, they vanish into thin air. Mm-mm. Which is actually quite possible given the show. Yeah. We've seen stranger things, that's for sure. Allow me to make a prediction. This will be a complete waste of time. I knew you were going to say that. When did he get a leather jacket? <laughs> he bought, probably bought it himself. Yes, Ronan. It's funny, you look at Ronan's arm and you realise that's not an armband or anything, it's actually a real tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> okay then, best behaviour. No asking for lottery numbers. And I love this bit. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> Welcome. You must be the people of Atlantis. <laughs> These people don't look very surprised. Sure you didn't tell me we were coming? Nope. Again, not a brilliant CGI gate. No. Lieutenant Colonel John Shepard. We know. We know all of you. Steady boy. <laughs> it's a very yellowish filter, isn't it? It's an alien world, of course it is. But that's what you like from your psychic when you walk in. Ah, I've been expecting you, Mr. Such and Such. Come and sit down. You take two sugars in your tea, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Off to a good start, at least. Okay, then. The Seer. Season 4, Episode 8 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast, Episode 278. This episode was written by Alan McCullough and directed by Andy Makita. At its world premiere in the US, November the 16th, 2007. 
In Canada, November the 19th. We got it in the UK, November the 27th. Sweden, February the 15th, 2008. Germany, February the 26th. And in Australia, November the 26th, 2009. Just a couple of shows with episodes of the same name, Sliders and GoBots, but there are at least two movies called The Seer and six movie shorts. Hmm. So, respectable. There you go, a few more TV shows with episodes of the same name would have filled this gap nicely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, we're back. Mr. Wolsey. Oh, dear. Now, that's a better gate. Hmm. Granted, it's a physical gate mm-hmm. than a CGI puddle, but as I said in the commentary, Robert Picardo gets the best. Well, that quarantine was only set up at the insistence of the IOA. In response to some recent contagions that have taken hold on this space. Let's face it, Midway is the only buffer between Pegasus and the Milky Way. It can't hurt to err on the side of caution. From the moment Wolsey and Carter started talking, this whole sequence was one shot. From the Steadicam operator standing on the crane as it rises and follows him up the stairs till he gets to the first level and into the office. Ryan Purcell is the Steadicam operator. Really? <laughs> That's refreshing. It must take some planning, though. Yeah. You're really relying on the grit and whatnot to do their part of the job correctly. And, on a personal note, it's been brought to my attention in my own performance evaluations that I can, on occasion, be a bit of a busybody. <laughs> Never. Unscheduled off-world activation. Excuse me. Uh-oh. We're receiving a signal. Always good to see Chuck, the Atlantis version of Walter. It's Captain Robbins on M2R 441. Ah. Uh. They're delivering medical supplies to a planet that was recently called. Patchman. Captain Robbins, I don't think we know him. Who is he? Hmm. Captain, this is Colonel Carter. Please report. We had a bit of a development here, Colonel. <laughs> Making notes already, Mr. Woolsey. Another hive showed up. They didn't kill anybody. They just wanted the surviving villagers to deliver a message. A message? That's right. Apparently this particular wraith wants to meet with Colonel Shepard. Uh-oh. When they recorded commentary for this, season four was announced. They were looking at episodes for the new season. Mm-hmm. They wanted to introduce an episode where someone was able to predict the future, and they came up with the idea of a probability engine, mm. you know, a huge computer, threw that out. Then they thought about having a time travel idea. They threw that out. Then Rob C. Cooper came up with the idea that basically a psychic who they could mm. kill off before the end of the episode mm-hmm. and go, genius. He must be very important to you. We owe him our lives. Two years ago, he had a vision that the wraiths were coming. We had time to gather our provisions and escape to the caves in the northern mountains. Even from deep underground, we could hear their ships searching for us. Eventually, they went away and never returned. Not a single Vadinan was taken. Oh, cool. If there wasn't, they'd die out. <laughs> Interesting that Rob C. Cooper also wrote last week's Dark Matter. Hmm. He's my father. While they were filming this walk across the fields, Rachel was feeling uh, very poorly. You'll see later, she doesn't look good at all. Yes. Yes, come in. I've been expecting you, and I know why you're here. Here we are. Good, solid British uh-huh. character actor. Mr. Martin Jarvis, playing Davos. Doubt in your heart. He's been in Doctor Who, EastEnders, Little Women, Breakaway. Huge amount of voice work. Among my gifts is the ability to show others what I can see. And this is what I meant about his tent. Yeah. All made out of driftwood. They actually drove up to a river in the Lillooette Valley with a five-ton truck and just brought all this wood back and made this tent. Take my hand, Meredith. <laughs> oh, spooky. Yeah, that doesn't look like it then, well. But again, with all predictions like this, you need context. Oh, what happened? Gustav vision. Of what? Plus. Ronan demands answers. Been captured by the wraith. Ronan demands better answer. Everybody lives happily ever after ending, please. You notice Rachel there, holding a hand to her stomach. Yes. Very ill that day. Oh dear. It didn't help that she had to trudge through a field. Ooh, shiny. The idea is that you got to figure out what the visions mean before they happen. Sounds a lot like the wraith who helped you escape from the Janai last year. My old buddy? <laughs> Apparently he has a matter of great importance that he wants to discuss with you. We already sent an advanced team to the address that he proposed for the rendezvous. The interesting thing is it sounds an awful lot like the planet in McKay's vision. We keep calling him Todd, yep. but officially he hasn't been named yet. No, not until next episode. 
I did not have a chance. After he showed Ronnie the vision, he fell ill. Give him time. I'll send Dr. Keller. Hey, Joe. The thoughts got better. Yep. Go to the rendezvous. Check it out. Hello. <clears throat> Go on, Mr. Wolsey. Contribute. Do you have something to add, Mr. Wolsey? Well, as I said before, I'm here strictly as an observer. Then observe and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I may share some of Dr. McKay's skepticism, but... <laughs> Please, don't be my friend. <laughs> Wraith probably can't be trusted. You're talking about walking deliberately into a trap. Exactly. There's a huge benefit to be gained by knowingly walking into a trap. You can lay the groundwork and do the preparation beforehand. This is a bad idea. You're the one who said it's impossible to see the future. Again, one of the benefits of the HD camera, they can actually tweak the colour settings as they film it. In the old days, they'd do all this tinting in post. There's always ways to save money. Yep. Frankly, this feels like hitting on an 18. It's more like doubling down against a 10. And it does look different, you know, the blue tint to it. Yep. And more, more severe blue tint. Yeah, yeah. they did really go a bit over the top here. <laughs> You've got the feeling that you should be wearing some sort of sunscreen or something. Ah, well. <laughs> you were supposed to come unarmed. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. Now, are they feeling the breeze of those jumpers? Theoretically. I'm not sure if I believe that the cloaking device on a puddle jumper can actually negate any atmospheric displacement. It looked good, but I don't think that's practical. There's not a lot I can do for him here. <laughs> You're a doctor, damn it. Come on, Carson would have told her. He'd have probably made something up. Sorry, force of habit. Well, I don't really have the equipment with me that's necessary to make that kind of analysis. All right, why don't you bring him back? Understood. Um, just so we're clear, are we doing this to try and save his life or to study him? Why can't we do both? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Doctor. Do what you've been ordered to do. Carter out. That doesn't look the right sort of door for Atlantis. Hmm. I think it's redundant to say the great Christopher Heidel playing Todd the Wraith. And voicing Todd the Wraith? Yeah, this is Christopher Heidel. This I'm no doubts whatsoever. But I could not guarantee your cooperation simply by throwing myself at your mercy. Christopher appeared in 22 episodes of Stargate Atlantis and a single episode of Stargate SG-1. He had a brief cameo in last season's Arrow and is currently starring in Hell on Wheels. We worked together once before. Doesn't mean I want to do it again. You will. No more predictions, just what I need. As you know, Wraith are at war. I believe you refer to our enemy as the Replicators. Sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Whenever the Wraith offering a deal, they always come with a loaded deck. They know you're going to accept it. The trick is finding out what they're up to beforehand. Get to the part where we care. It is well known among the Wraith that Dr. McKay made certain changes to the replicator base code, opening the door for them to alter their own programming. <laughs> okay, so far so good. Did Ronan just kind of prowling around for the sake of it? Yes, he is. Being ominous. I need to know the changes Dr. McKay made. Now here's the part you're not getting. We're glad they're kicking your ass. Only because you are as yet unaware of their new tactic. What are you talking about? Yes, this is this is the unexpected bit of news. Our food supply. Uh -oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> they have begun to annihilate human worlds. And when you think about it, it's blindingly obvious. See, you could almost blame Rodney for this. Almost. <laughs> Wolsey doesn't look happy. He's probably going to tell him how how expensive a MALP is. It was a thriving pre-industrial society. Send a MALP. This is actually a CGI-generated scene, but Animikita went onto the set of Ark of Truth, where some of the uh, buildings were destroyed to mimic Dakara. <laughs> filmed it with his little handheld camera, and then went to a VFX department and says, "Here, make this in your computer." How do we know the Wraith didn't do that? MALP's detecting residual radiation. Energy signature is consistent with replicator weapons fire. 
He was telling the truth. Oh, dear. How many people lived on that planet? Estimated somewhere between 50 and 75,000. Oh, 70,000. Let's be honest, not that many then. What does the machine do? It shines a nice green light on people. Yeah. Pretty. Doctors these days can't do anything without their expensive toys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I predict that I will die shortly. <laughs> I'll do my best. You'll have to forgive her, Doctor. She's not used to dealing with uncertainty. I may have spoiled her in that regard. Yeah, I've heard about your gift. It's remarkable. I can see many things. But unfortunately, my own fate remains hidden from me. Can you see what other things you've been in? (laughs) (laughs) If we hadn't deactivated the attack code, this never would have happened. It was my call, Rodney. But it was my idea. Pity you didn't put a little line of code in. Do not kill humans. Mm. We never could have known it was going to go this way. We don't know that for sure. Look, remember the nanovirus that caused the fatal aneurysms? I always suspected the replicators were behind it. Yeah, but you never proved it. But we know how they feel about the humans. They think we were a mistake. Wow, that was a long time ago. But when you think about it, it does make a lot of sense. I know this news is hard for us to accept, but right now we need to focus. Figure out what our next step is. (laughs) Command-level decision there from Carter. Can we do that? As we've done before, just not by us. By the Wraith? Yes. What about our prisoner? What exactly is he proposing? He claims to have the original virus that deactivated the attack code the first time. It's not working this time around because of the changes we made to the replicator base code. They're kind of screwed here. Dodd's got him between a rock and a hard place, and he knows it. Shut them down again. Well, obviously that's out of the question. The great Woolsey has spoken. Do I really have to remind everyone what happened the last time we cooperated with the Wraith? The circumstances have changed, and what happened to non-interference? As you said, the circumstances have changed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Throw him out, Sam. Do you seriously think this is a good idea? I think it's not your call. No, of course not. I need to contact my superiors. Of which there are many. Yes, you've been partially eaten. <laughs> no, it's more like you're the hors d'oeuvre. He's been the subject of interest from many a Wraith Queen, yeah. though. But we're going to do it, Woolsey, no matter what you say. Two more worlds have been destroyed, that makes three. I don't know if it, if it's good or bad. Because of the Wraith been running around this Pegasus, calling you know, whole civilizations for centuries, we never get that billions dead. Yeah. You know, a whole planet's been destroyed. How many people? 50,000. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> contacted the IOA. They're taking the matter under advisement. Oh, well. They're good at that. Don't let him dial. How's he going to ring? Yeah. Make a collect call. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how much energy you know, dialing it would use and how much it would cost. Look, John, Woolsey was right about one thing. You have had more experience with the Wraith than just about anyone. And in particular with this Wraith. You have a history. Well, it's not like we're dating. And he got very snuggly with an Wraith's book. Yeah. But what I don't know is whether or not it's worth the risk to play along with him, at least for a little while. You're the only one who can answer that. Colonel Carter, this is Dr. Keller. Go ahead. I've got something you need to see. I'm on my way. Oh, have you? Okay. <laughs> Meet her in her quarters. How's he doing? Uh, not good. I can hear you. you. Don't have a great bedside manner. I gave him a sedative. Truth is, we got him here too late. All I can do right now is alleviate his symptoms, but whether or not he survives, it's out of my hands. Ah, useless. Come on. Do a course and get the nanites out. What possibly could go wrong? He's showing abnormally high synaptic activity. It's similar to what happened to Dr. McKay when he encountered that ascension device only... What is it then? Enhanced human? Or just a genetic hiccup? Yay. Presumably he's been like that his whole life. You're saying he was born this way? That's your opportunity to drop a little Lady Gaga. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Although I did get to thin Lizzie in last week's episode. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Woolsey's already asked for a copy of these test results. Ah, Woolsey, the dedicated little minion of the civil service. You may be a window into our own evolutionary future. Go on, try to justify it. Doctor, he's awake. So much for the sedative, then. <laughs> You're really not proven to be very good, you know. Let's just bring back Carson and be done with it. Is it me or has he got big knees? I never really noticed. Hi, I'm, I'm Colonel Carter. You are the leader of these people? Well, the ones on this base, yes. 
Not an easy task, I imagine. Some days are worse than others. I understand. I myself was in a position of authority back on my home world. Yeah, a politician would love to be able to see the future. Believe me, catching glimpses of the future is not always as helpful as you might think. But there is something you should see. Oh, don't do it. Uh, don't do it. You're not feeling well. I think it's okay. You should rest. Everything has a purpose, Colonel. Including the circumstances that brought me here, please. Now, do you think she's really being considerate or is she terrified of the future that she'll see? All of the above. Yeah. Me and Rodney? No! Oh, oh this is some nice, very nice visual effects. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. As you can imagine, very, very, very expensive. Yeah. But they got lucky because they realised, of course, the next episode are going to attack Atlantis. So why not actually spread the cost of all those special effects across two episodes? Mm. And all of a sudden, it became practical. I'm not buying it. Dr. McKay's vision came true exactly as he saw it. Well, I don't care. The replicators are not destroying this city, not if I have anything to say about it. Maybe Rodney's right. Oh, Samantha, don't even joke about that. Especially not in front of Rodney. God's head is big enough as it is already. Which means it's going to be hard to avoid. For all we know, nine out of ten courses of action are going to lead to the same fate. Now, unfortunately, the vision I saw had no context to it. We have no way of knowing why the replicators were attacking. Isn't it obvious? We're contemplating joining forces with the Wraith against them. We don't know that that's what causes it. It's a pretty safe assumption. Right now, we're not a target. No, no. But the rest of the humans in this galaxy are, and it's our fault. Nevertheless, our priority remains the safety of this expedition. And you know as well as I do, the Wraith can't be trusted. This one may be different. I appreciate the intent, John, but that's not normally how it works out. Yep. I know, give Woolsey the chance to go home. I'm pretty sure he'll take it. Mm Mm-hmm. Your decision. Colonel Carter, we've got a problem. Because you're here? I think I've mentioned the, the Blake's Evan season finale. Pretty much the same twist to it. Um, well, not so much. I mean, you don't know for a fact that Avon. No, I mean when the Liberator blew up. Oh, right. They don't know we're here. They're not supposed to. Believe it or not, this is Richard Wolsey being written as less antagonistic. Yeah. They actually wanted to show a bit of growth in his character, a little more moderation. Because mm. at this point, again, when they, they were recording the commentary, changes in command of Atlantis again, and they couldn't just drop Wolsey in the way he is. They had to do a bit of development work. Huh. The ship is necessary to complete my plan. The replicator virus is contained within its databanks. When it gets here, we may begin our work. Well, when it gets here, I'm going to blow it out of the sky. Now, that would be unwise. That hive is loyal to me. For the moment, they are the only ones who know the location of Atlantis. But if you attack them, they will broadcast these coordinates to every hive ship in the galaxy. Okay, I think he's being honest. Let's play ball. There is no reason for us to be at odds, John Shepard. We need each other. The honesty on his face. Who? Me? You mean they didn't scan him? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Atlantis scan is going to pick an implant up. I've been looking into that, and it's not very promising. <laughs> Wait for it. Well, that was easy. Well, actually, it was spectacularly difficult, but then everything's relative. Rodney. Oh, dear. They also commentated that Christopher was one of the few actors that could actually do the Wraith voice <laughs> without relying on any post-production. <laughs> if he really has the original shutdown virus, yeah, I think we can. Like it. He claims he ordered the hive ship not to give away our position unless they're attacked. Do you believe him? Well, are there any other ships headed this way? No. I'd say for the moment he's telling the truth. Yeah, it's basically yeah. You, you just wound him up and let him go. Can you afford not to believe him at this point? Dr. Keller told me I might find you here. You've got an Atlantis bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, it's not embroidered. What's up with him? Marketing opportunity. It actually looks like a hotel bathrobe. Yeah, it probably is, to be honest with you. I'm sure I've stayed in a lot of fairly expensive hotels. And... Don't get to know him too well, Taylor. You've had a lot of disappointment recently. Surely it is not time to start speaking that way. Ah, uh, poor babe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only 22. 
But it doesn't take a great seer to know what she is thinking and not saying. Yep. That doesn't sound too good. My time is coming to an end. So, somewhere not sunny then. You wish to ask me something? Not quite, child, not quite. You know why I came to your planet? To learn the fate of your people. Yes. I can tell you only this. They are still alive. But they're shrouded in darkness. Mysterious are the ways of the Sith. I know you will continue to search for them. But I'm not sure this burden should be borne by someone in your condition. Uh, my condition? You carry a life inside you, do you not? It's skillfully hidden by... Well, nothing actually, because everybody can see the bump. You conceal it from the others. It is complicated. I see. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry I cannot offer you more. That is all right. Thank you. And now you must take me to Colonel Carter. Yes, of course. This way. I'm going to reveal myself to actually be a wraith. <laughs> Nervous? This is Taylor to the infirmary. I need a medical team now. Oh, dear. Down he goes. <laughs> yeah, problem. Firing drones. So again, you get a vision which seems to be very specific. But as we come to learn, the events shown don't necessarily follow each other in a linear fashion. If we destroy the hive ship, we lose our best chance of stopping the replicators. We may not have a choice. One way or another, events are going to result in the destruction of that ship. Well, if you believe that, then you believe Atlantis is going to be destroyed. We might as well pack up our bags and go home. Andy Makita in the commentary. God awful table. Yep. I think he said they don't actually use it in season five. <laughs> Blow man in the sky. Betray them before they have a chance to betray us. They're a wraith. Anyone going to lose any sleep over this? Strangely enough, we've seen him use a different table, though, in other episodes. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't, you didn't bring comfy chairs in here. Can you guarantee it? <laughs> no. This is the place for it. A nice casual discussion. Although Rodney looks casual anywhere he goes. Yeah. Alright, I think I need to meet this wraith myself. Mr. Wolsey! Y you want me to come with you? Well, I'm sure you want your report to the IOA to be as thorough as possible. Of course. He's <laughs> setting you up, mate. <laughs> I've never met a wraith face to face before. Oh, well, you're in for a treat. Yeah, you would think an automatic message boy would be built in. Ladies first. <laughs> Open it. Come on. It's all right. No, I'm sorry. I don't like that doorway. Well, it's, I presume it's meant to be sort of solid and... Yeah, it should slide, not open like a normal door. <laughs> well, hello there. Yes, I've never met you before in any other guys. <laughs> <laughs> you were betrayed. Believe me, I understand your reluctance. This one won't kill you on sight. Your ship remains in orbit. They make the slightest false move and they'll be destroyed. Fair enough. I like the way Wolves is just one step behind Colonel Carter. I don't know if it's just sensible or showing a bit of deference to her command. We keep the virus. It won't be easy to upload it into the replicator network. Are you sure you're up to the task? We did it before. This is a good scene, though, for Carter. Yeah. Stating what she'll do, what she'll not do, what she expects. I agree to your terms. You see, I want this as much as you do. Now, let's say that this works. What happens then? <laughs> yes, that'll be an interesting day. I think Elizabeth couldn't have done this scene. I don't know if it's because Elizabeth always had a little bit more of an emotional edge to her. Yeah. In a manner of speaking. Sooner or later, we're going to end up on opposite sides. Yes, but not today. Do we have an agreement? And this, this is priceless. We do. I believe among your people it is customary to shake hands. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Just a little wraith humor. <laughs> you know what you're doing. I'm <laughs> Ofsky. And that was Paul Molly's idea. Yeah. Let Chris run with it. Wraith ship just dropped out of hyperspace. They're powering weapons? It's a nice looking hive ship. Negative. They're sending a transmission. Rodney, you're on. That's it? That's the super weapon? What were you expecting? 
big gun. Something that goes boom. You would have thought it would have come down on... I thought it was not networked. It seems to be on at least six greens. Not exactly secure. Can't risk it, Sean. Security, have the Wraith escorted to Dr. McKay's lab. No, this is all wrong. What do you mean? You must iterate all values of the expression before you can aggregate the results. Are you kidding? We're better off using known data points and extrapolating. You risk compounding errors. What? <laughs> if my hands were free, I could help you. No, it, it's fine. I'll do it myself. Thanks. As you wish. I don't know. I've hacked with my nose. Totally derailed Rodney there. He's holding out on us. Part of the virus is missing. I mean, sure, they're minor subroutines. Nothing that would be greatly affected by the changes I've made to the replicator base code, but still necessary to make it work. Look, I probably wouldn't have even noticed it, except, well, you know, I'm really good. Thank you, Rodney, for that insight. Unfortunately, you're a little too late. Brace yourself. You're not as smart as you think you are. A few minutes ago, we started tracking another hive ship on course for Atlantis. Okay, that's not good. I swear I know nothing of this. You gave our position away to another hive ship. Why would I betray you now? Just as we were beginning to trust each other. We're not really, are we? Ronan doesn't have to do a lot in this episode. Yeah. But what he does, he does with style. I mean, if he fires at that close range, it's going to blow a hole through his back and through the wall as well. <laughs> and once that is done, I will gladly transmit the remainder. I say we kill him right now. I agree. Oh dear. I had no way of knowing you would not simply take the virus and then turn against me. I'm offended you could even think that. <laughs> the point is you lied. How do we know you're not lying about the ship? Wraith are divided into many camps. There is much suspicion and mistrust. Yeah. Come on, let's face it. There's lots of people in the galaxy that have realised that humans aren't always that trustworthy. That's why they're coming. They're tracking a ship. Think about it. A single hive off by itself out in the middle of nowhere orbiting a supposedly uninhabited planet. And it's bound to raise a few eyebrows. I mean, if, if you had eyebrows. Yeah, you'd go for a look-see, wouldn't you? Have they found a new feeding ground? Obviously, he doesn't have eyebrows. You must cloak the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah, drop the shield. It's not like there's a thousands <laughs> on the mainland to worry about. We cloak the city, we lose shields. We'd be completely vulnerable to attack. And what if he's telling the truth? If we don't cloak, we'll be giving up our position. He's been playing us from the start. This is what he wanted all along. All right, wait a minute. A little while ago, you thought the replicators were going to destroy the city. Now you think the Wraith are going to do it. Which one is it? Oh, confident much. How long until the second hive gets here? Two hours. Oh, that's plenty of time. Why the rush? Why the panic? Hello again. Colonel, it's nice to see you, but I'm afraid I can't offer you any more insight into future events. These medicines dull my mind. That's all right. That's not why I came. Mind you, I wonder how many people have come from off-world for his visions rather than the local inhabitants. Yeah. Have you ever been wrong? No. Knowing how events play out, you haven't been able to change the future or, or avoid it? <laughs> I'm afraid not. What about the culling on your planet? I did not see a culling. Merely the Wraith ships arriving, and that is exactly what happened. Just knowing your future isn't really the golden ticket. But his interpretation was incorrect. Exactly. Rodney saw his future, and those events did play out. But he got the wrong idea. You still have to make a decision how you're going to act, even if you caught a glimpse of the future. You're telling me that the future is predetermined, but I have always believed that the future is what you make it. No fate, but what you make. I know, that is rather... <laughs> stands out a bit. <laughs> it's just in context of my Terminators arriving today, you know. <laughs> and that's a statement that could be taken out of context. The galaxy is at a crossroads. Never before have I sensed that the future of so many worlds can turn on the actions of so few. He doesn't look well. Yeah, he's gonna die now. No pressure then. <laughs> oh, come on, character, you blew up a son. You blow up one son. I do love the scenes on the balcony. Mm. The fans just blowing the hair, it's such a little thing, yeah. but it adds so much to the realism. Of course, it's already blowing John's hair because it appears to be sculpted using a man tapping super hold moose. <laughs> That's it. Her supply mysteriously disappeared a couple of years ago when John went to Atlantis. He's getting close to a Leningrad cowboy style quiff, though. It's sticking <laughs> out a lot in the front. Like 
These visions, are they making things better or worse? Well, they helped you avoid being captured by the Wraith. Oh, you and I both know we would never walk into a trap unprepared, even if McKay didn't have that vision. The future is predetermined by the character of those who shape it. What's that? <laughs> it's a nice idea. Nothing. Sounds like a quote. Technically, Woolsey is correct. <laughs> Don't say that out too loud. Based on that, there is only one decision. Take out both the high ships as soon as possible. But? But? Why not let them take each other out? Well, at this point, they're not sure that they're not in cahoots. They've only got Todd's word that it's not his ship. For all they know, that's probably part of his master plan. The Wraith are just that sneaky. This kind of decision used to be easy, but then I was just making it for myself. Now I'm asking a lot of people to take a chance with me. You're not asking, Colonel. You're telling. Mm -mm. And they did so because they believe in the same things you do. <laughs> I'm not quite sure I like being in charge. <laughs> Too much pressure. I'll be ready. Uh, she's made up her mind, though. Dun, dun, dun. A few quiet moments for the Colonel to come to terms with her decision. Job done. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Woolsey, I've got work to do. <laughs> Rodney, prepare to cloak the city. All right, people, you heard her, let's do this. <laughs> and it's too late to gate home. My understanding is it takes some doing to switch back from the cloak to the shields. It's not something that can be done right away. That's right. So if we commit to this course of action, there's no going back. I'm afraid not. All or nothing, dude. There's still some time before the second hive gets here. You could return to Midway if you like. Oh, so they can gate back. But then my report wouldn't be as thorough as possible. But it... <laughs> His report. I fled in terror. Probably wouldn't look so good. Yeah. Understood, Rodney. How we doing? Engage in cloak now. Well, what's Woolsey's first name? Richard. Oh, not Robin. Why? Brave Sir Robin. Father? Linara is played by Kimberly Warnett. She's been in Supernatural, Wolf Lake, Millennium, Due South, and Saved. A nice little resume. Mm. Davos. Father? Said it's always difficult to ask an actress to cry on cue. Nice music. Yeah, it is. Nice emotional piece. Very ominous sounding. Second hive just dropped out of hyperspace. There is no question about it. Being able to come out of hyperspace behind your enemy. Tactical advantage you do not give away. First hive is sending a transmission. Probably trying to explain what they're doing here. Come on, guys. What's happening? Stand by. Rodney... I'm still just talking. Oh, wait a minute. We got a problem. What is it? What's going on? Both ships just powered weapons. Well, yeah, the powered weapons, but since we don't know exactly where they're pointing, why panic? Keep calm, John. Just give it a second. Are you insane? They're going to wipe us out. Shut up, Wolsey. Oh, yes. Colonel Shepard, as a ranking representative of the IOA, I'm assuming command of this base. I'm ordering you to launch the drones now. Belay that order. One more word out of you and I will have you removed. Ah. <laughs> Hold on, something's happening. The hives are firing on each other. Are you sure? Definitely. I'm not pulling any punches either. Uh, okay. <laughs> you may have seen this footage before. Minus a few thousand darts. Yeah. No shame in reusing uh, footage that would probably oh. cost, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars. Hmm just destroyed each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, you were. Guess the other Wraith didn't buy their story. Was either ship able to get off a subspace message? Say, so this is the sort of war you like to fight, where your enemies yeah. end up shooting each other. Negative. We're, we're good. Feel a bit of an idiot now, don't you? John, you can stand down. Gladly. No boom today. Maybe a boom tomorrow. I suppose you've got to feel a little bit sorry for Wolsey. He's not military. His mindset is totally different. Okay, not exactly respectful. What do you expect? I'm sure there were time constraints on the episode, but, but I expected a little bit more. I'm taking him back to Vidina to be buried according to our custom. 
<laughs> which is a big hole in the ground. I don't know what my people will do without him. He's always been there, warning us of danger, protecting us from harm. But for the first time in my life, I fear the future. Yeah, this is probably terrifying. The bloke in charge and then the elder, or the wise man of the village, is able to predict the future and now you haven't got him. Yeah, but maybe the ability will come on horror after he dies. They thought that uh, he'd always had this ability, you know, he'd actually been born with it. It's not something mm. that developed over time, so uh, obviously his progeny hasn't. He was an interesting man. Yes. He knew that I was pregnant. Yeah, that won't necessarily be a good thing. You know. She should have told him a long time ago. I mean, why is it so big a secret? You're going to have to tell them. I know. Look, if you can't figure out how to tell them, just send a memo. Text them. Not difficult. Hi, guys. This is Taylor. I'm pregnant. None of you are the father. Woo! So all it took was the destruction of my ship for you to finally trust me? No, not true. I still don't trust you. Take him to the lab. He's got work to do. <sighs> <laughs> I never did like the guys on it. I'm non-soldier, mom. With the wheelie suitcase. Yep. Well, this is awkward. Yes. Andy was very pleased with this uh, scene. He thought the camera, the composition, he loved it. I thought I was making the right call. It was a difficult situation for everyone. Don't let him off. Mm -hmm. I just have one last question. How did you know the two Wraith ships would fire on each other? I didn't. That's what being in command makes, making the decision and living with the consequences. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, you hopefully you'll be right. And when you're wrong, hopefully it doesn't hurt too much. Or if it does, it doesn't hurt very long. You know, thermonuclear annihilation tends to remove pain quite quickly. <laughs> True. Walk away, Richard. Don't look back. A sly smile, then walk away. Love the ponytail, by the way. Where's Wolsey? Oh, you just missed him. Yeah, John, you've been waiting around that corner for it. Go, weren't you? Then you could come out all sweetness and light. Hmm. Guess they're having a problem getting this virus to work. I'd hate to think this was all for nothing. Well, we got out alive and we kept our location secret. That still counts for something. <laughs> Two more hives destroyed. Still thinking about those visions, huh? I can't get them out of my head. Everything Davis saw came true. Mm. For all we know, that it won't come true for another thousand years. Or it could come true tomorrow. Right. So, what else is new? The pair of you should know better. Tempting fate like that. You deserve everything you get. It's rather inconclusive, isn't it? It's got to be, hasn't it? You've got to leave uh, the, the viewers wondering, and if you get, you know, the characters wondering as well. As it turns out, ends up being rather anticlimactic because the results of the vision come along quite quickly. Right then, that was the seer. Let's say we've got Alan McCullough. He wrote this episode. He wrote nine episodes of SU One, eight of Atlantis, and a single episode of Stargate Universe. He's also written for Rain, Lost Girls, Sanctuary and Rookie Blue. Andy Makita, the director, 29 episodes of SG-1, 22 of Atlantis and 12 of Universe. He wrote for Blood Ties, Sanctuary, Primeval New World, Motive, Dark Matter and Killjoys. Mm. And Martin Jarvis, I thought he was absolutely perfect for that role. Interesting, I wonder what sort of you know casting call. Was he actually uh, cherry-picked for the role or was he just happened to be in Canada or the US when they were casting. Wonder, nothing was said in the commentary, makes you, makes you hope that they actually went for him for that role. Any thoughts? Um, I'm sure he's done a ton of stuff, probably mostly genre work. I was surprised when he popped up on screen you didn't start listing everything he'd done and been in before. Well, I mentioned four things he'd been in. Did you? Yes, I did. Um, Doctor Who was one of them. I must have been distracted. Probably were. Yes, folks. <laughs> Three episodes. Yeah. You were watching the episode. That's it, you were watching the episode. Yes. Yeah. I, I tend to talk when you're not talking. I don't know, which is why it sounds a little disjointed sometimes that I'm not responding to what you said. Right then, next week's episode is uh, Miller's Crossing, which we recorded with uh, Andrew. Yes. Oh, by the way, have we recorded with Lee Montgomery? No. Ah, right. He posts a lot in the group. I discovered the guy I was ingressing with yesterday just finished a full uh, rewatch. Yeah. Starting with season one of SG-1 and running through to season two of SGU. Well, it's so much easier when you don't watch one episode a week. <laughs> it does tend to fly by when you can watch two or three episodes a day. 
Well, he walks 12 hour days. I don't I always watch it. He walks for 12 hours. He ingresses for six hours. He sleeps for six hours. So, Well, it depends what he does for a living, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Pretty much what I did. On the next Stargate Atlantis. You're coming with us. McKay and his sister are kidnapped. I have no idea who you are, but you have made a terrible mistake bringing me here. By a desperate man. My daughter is dying. But can they accomplish the impossible? Fix this, or they both die. Before it's too late. You're never going to help me, are you? You're going to kill us either way. What exactly is our incentive? On the next Stargate Atlantis. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. This upcoming week's Stargate-related birthdays include on the 2nd of August, Matthew Del Negro, whose character Mike Branton showed a lot of promise as a love interest of Weir. But alas, it was not to be. Matthew has recently guest starred on Teen Wolf, The Sopranos and Mistresses. On the 3rd of August, a very happy birthday to Anne-Marie Deloise, who has for her sins married Peter and joined the Deloise dynasty. She recently starred in Strange Empire and had guest spots on The Killing and Cedar Cove. August the 4th sees the birthday of another Deloise, this time Michael, who guest starred on Wormhole Extreme and starred on Sequest and Brooklyn South. And by a strange coincidence, it's also the birthday of Martin Jarvis, who guest starred in the very episode of Atlantis we've been talking about. We also pay our respects to Don S. Davis, who was born this day back in 1942, and passed June the 29th, 2008. A happy birthday to Chuck Campbell, aka Chuck the Technician, who became the standard bearer for Atlantis, in the same vein as Walter did on SG-1. And finally, on the 7th, birthday best wishes to Tobin Bell, who played Omok in the early SG-1 episode Enigma but is better known for being the star of the Saw franchise, with a very extensive character-based resume. If you want to get in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. We are also on Facebook and Google+, and we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on our website, which includes the independent RSS feed which carries every episode we have released so far. This can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher. One of the reasons we have two feeds, one on iTunes and one generic, if you will, is that the iTunes feed is limited to 25 entries, while the RSS, aka Mission Report, feed has everything on it and is a little bigger. Okay then, let's wrap the show up. Okay then, folks, thank you very much for joining us for the Seer. It wasn't a bad episode. I think it adds more to the episode surrounding it than it does as a standalone. Indeed. Although Martin Jarvis was fun to see, most British television viewers will recognise him from lots of shows, some mm. of which I mentioned, most of which I didn't. Next week, as we said, this mortal coil. Uh, Mike, next week is Miller's Crossing, which we've recorded. We're recording Mortal Coil next week, but that's not the episode we haven't coming out. Thank you very much. Amazing that Alan caught on to that, considering... <laughs> <laughs> Right, join us next week for Miller's Crossing. Kate Hewlett's back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and in Peril. She wanted many episodes, but she was in Penel- Penelope Pitstop type Peril. <laughs> Very perilous. Yeah. Unfortunately, no Rod. What? Rodney McKay from the other universe. Oh, right. Sorry, I was confused. I thought you were talking about fishing. Okay then, folks, thank you very much for listening to us. As always, there are a few slots left. If you want to join us for an episode, just get in touch, let us know. We'd love to have a few of the semi-regular guests come back on. We haven't had Brad for a while. Brad, if you're listening. We'd love to get even more new people involved. See if I can get Andres to record an episode. Right, until next week then. I've been Mike. I've been Alan. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Mm-hmm.